0: What if a seven-figure business is so much easier than running a six-figure business? You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 300, and today I've got a special co-host joining me and a celebration of a milestone. We're dishing some real talk about how we set ourselves up for failure by setting our sights too low. You ready for this? Let's get started. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's Melanie Benson, your host, authority amplifier to expert-based business owners. And we have hit a serious milestone today. We have arrived at episode 300. So what that means is I have had 300 weeks consecutively of delivering insights, strategies, inspiring conversations to you and I hope you will celebrate with me by sharing your favorite episode on social media today. So I'm celebrating a couple ways. First of all, I'm super jazzed that we've hit this milestone with a record number of pod fade. Uh, Over 40% of podcasts never make it past 100 episodes, let alone 50 episodes. There are almost 3 million podcasts out there right now. And um, my friend Samantha Riley, who is our co host today, we talked about on Next Level Influence, uh, our other podcast about the pod fade epidemic. And there is literally um, like 30% of podcasts that stay active past the first 50 episodes. It's crazy. So I'm happy to be celebrating this milestone. And to do that, I am re-airing a very exciting episode of the Next Level Influence show and announcing that this week, because one podcast is never enough if you're a podcaster, my friend Samantha Riley and I are officially airing Next Level Influence as a new podcast. So if you have Hit six figures in your business and you're looking to achieve that next level of influence, knowing you want to make a greater impact and bring your work to the world in a greater way. She and I have a very powerful conversation about what goes on behind the scenes, what we need to be doing differently, and the micro shifts we need to make that bring huge, huge success To our businesses. So a little bit different conversation and uh, happy to share it with you as well. And and today I'm re-airing this episode because this generates so much buzz and momentum in our Next Level Influence community that I thought you might like to have it. And it's a great way to celebrate my 300th episode. So again, I hope you will share your favorite episode, even if it's this one today, and uh, help me celebrate by heading over to nextlevelinfluencepodcast.com or search it out on iTunes and uh, subscribe, review, and rate the show to give it a little boost of momentum. Thanks so much, my friend. I hope you will enjoy that and continue to enjoy the Amplify Your Success podcast too. Now let's dip into this conversation with Sam. Did you know that having a seven-figure business can actually be easier than running a six-figure business? If we've piqued your curiosity and you'd love to know how that's possible, then grab a pen and paper as we dig into a mind-shifting episode today. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. I'm Melanie Benson. I'm normally the host of Amplify
1: Your Success Podcast. And I'm Samantha Riley, host of the Influence by Design Podcast. You're joining us for our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to not only make a greater impact, but shatter their revenue goals in the process. So there's a saying that it's easier to sell a $1,000 deal than a $100 deal. And we believe that the same principle holds true with the revenue level of your biz, um and I don't know about you Melanie but in my first business when we were doing like that low six figures when we kind of started to get success and cracked into that it did feel really hard because we had to hustle and grind to get to that place and there was a part of me that was almost afraid of sort of pushing through that and getting to that seven figure um level because I thought it would be harder Now, we didn't hold ourselves back, but I see so many entrepreneurs self-sabotage because they hold that same belief. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure you see that too.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll just say whatever level you're at now, like getting to that next level always appears harder than it really is. Mm -hmm. Like I think that shift from five to six can be a little daunting at times, but there's something really interesting, the scalability factor from- six to seven a lot of things get easier and and i love that practice of like it's easier to sell a thousand dollar deal than a hundred dollar deal i think Mm. a lot of those same principles run true i think a lot of it lies as we were talking about when we were thinking about this episode today in the bottleneck factor absolutely you're figuring out so many pieces and by the time you're hitting seven figures and we'll get into like the three legs of the the stool so to speak of what goes you know what the factors are that contribute to making that seven figures easier but i feel like when you master the like removing yourself as the bottleneck you're actually tapping into a momentum that is very easy to exponentially grow
1: totally and it let's say it is really difficult at low six figures to remove yourself from the bottleneck like i want if that's where you're at right now don't get down on yourself thinking why is this happening to me because in absolute raw and authentic honesty it is very very difficult to be able to push through that and the reason is you don't have the amount of income that you need to have a full team at that at, you know, at that point, which means that you are still a bottleneck because certain pieces of the puzzle you do have to deal with. So it is a very, I actually find it the hardest um, sort of level to actually move through. It requires some tenacity.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so willingness, right? And it's almost like, if you know, it's easier on the other side, it gives you the Um, that push that you need sometimes to go through the difficult times to get to the easier times. But, you know, I I was really curious about something you mentioned when we were thinking about this concept and you talked a lot about how you move beyond the hustle and the role that optimization plays. Yeah, Share a little bit about that because uh, I love this perspective and I think it's
1: very freeing to realize this. This is actually the most important piece because to get to seven figures, you actually need to focus on optimizing the boring pieces. It's about getting the foundations in place so that they're optimized. So you're getting the best return on investment of your time, of your money, and making sure those foundations are in place. So we're not talking about trying all the, you know, the new tactics that are coming out, all the bright, shiny things. It's about getting the foundations in place, making sure you've got a calendar full of appointments, making sure that your sales calls are optimized, making sure that you've got a really simple offering that converts well. And it is about repeating the boring things, the foundational pieces over and over and over again so that they're optimized and working seamlessly before you start to add in all the other tactics and bright, shiny objects that other people are talking about. Yeah,
0: we're going to have to unpack that a little bit more uh, towards the end when we talk about some traps because uh, bright, shiny object syndrome is your enemy here for mm-hmm.
1: sure. Uh, 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically optimizing is the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. And if you're not optimizing, chances are you're st- you're keeping yourself Kind of trapped prematurely. Hundred percent. So we talked about there's three kind of legs to this uh, table, if you will, this, the foundations. Uh, and I think again, this is where a lot of people get a little messed up is you need to have these three things to to make that leap from six to seven figures: a scalable offering, mm-hmm. which you were just alluding to, a repeatable repeatable systems that literally free you up. Mm-hmm. And if you get um, overwhelmed by systems, just know this is the key to freedom and not mm-hmm. the reverse. Uh, it's not meant to trap you. It's meant to free you. Yes. And um, the right kind of delegation. So let's talk a little bit about the scalable offerings because you can have systems and delegation, but if you don't have a scalable offering, you're not going to hit the revenue goals.
1: Mm. So, well, Melanie, I'd love to know what does scalable offerings mean to you? hmm Yeah. So
0: I look at a scalable offering as something that you can leverage your time and talent. You can sell it over and over and over again without it requiring your time. So you may have time invested in the solution, but you can like scale the revenue without adding more of your time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a key ingredient. And there are lots of scalable offerings. You might also find that it's not as scalable time-wise, but maybe it's scalable price-wise. Mm-hmm. So your offering is a high-ticket offering, and and this is about kind of dialing in the like what's aligned for you, your audience, your um, you know, your business niche, all of that. Would you add anything to that definition?
1: Yeah, what I want to add is what it is not, so that just people can understand one on taking clients one-on-one is not a scalable offering because for every one client you bring on you need to add time so there gets to there gets a point where you run out of hours you're unable to scale you're unable to bring on more clients or you're unable to bring in more revenue so I just wanted to point out what it isn't because for some people they might not realize. So, the scalable offering is where you're in a one-to-many model where you can um, invest a certain amount of hours of your time and and deliver to multiple clients at the same time. Yep. Done. Totally get
0: that one. Now, Um, This is the place where I think a lot of times bright, shiny object syndrome gets in the way Mm -hmm. because I see people get bored or they don't fully optimize. And then they're jumping to the next thing because the thing they were doing wasn't working. And so this is definitely something that has to get fine-tuned and optimized to make the whole thing easier to run at seven figures than, than getting that uh, early premature trap at six figures. Totally. Let's, let's talk about repeatable systems. Yes. What does that mean to you? Sam? This
1: is actually my favorite piece because I feel that there are a lot of people that are scared of systems. They want to be entrepreneurs to have the freedom and they don't see the correlation that it's the systems that will give them the freedom. And I was very lucky in that my first job was in McDonald's, which is completely built. It's system upon system upon system. So I understood at 16 years of age, the importance of systems. And I thought that every business ran like this and now I realise they don't. So think of your business like like a McDonald's store, I guess, and you may not have worked for McDonald's, so you might not know what that means, but every single thing that you do in your business, every task, every project must have a, a set of, let's call them rules- that you follow so that a it's faster b it is um for your clients it is a consistent deliverable and c so that no matter which team member leaves or comes into your business all they need to do is follow the system so it means that it's easier to run i'd love Hmm. your definition melanie
0: yeah well um I have a love-hate relationship with systems. I'll just be completely transparent (laughs) about that. I understand the value, but I've not always been good at creating them. And that's because I move at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the system comes after figuring a lot of things out, right? And so for me, the beauty was when I realized we can uh, systemize in a way that eliminates me getting dragged down into all the decision making, all of the um, the nuances of how to uh, get something out of my head into market. So the idea of repeatable systems is you are not one-offing, one, like creating in the moment over and over and over again. You're taking systems, leveraging them. So you move ideas out into the world faster. And you can grow at the speed of light rather than at a snail's pace. Because honestly, Sam, and I know we've talked about this. We've all seen this happen in our businesses and our clients' businesses. If you don't have systems, you're you're basically creating the wheel over and over and over again every time you're moving something new out in the world. And it's exhausting. Now, it's exhausting. for people
1: that are watching that are like you, Melanie, and they don't like creating systems. And I will also put up my hand and saying, I absolutely love systems. My team knows that every single time we do something new, I'm like, we need a system for this. I'll can I explain how we create systems in my business and how I first actually, sure. probably more how I first started creating systems. So my very first hire was my personal VA that worked for us. And she was only working for us 20 hours a week. And her task most of what she did in that 20 hours a week was record the systems that of the tasks that I was handing off. So every time I trained her in a new task, her job was then to create the system. So that's how we started. Now it is very similar. She doesn't create all the systems. She stepped into a project management role. So now she will uh, hand off if there's a new system to whichever member of the team it needs to be. So it's actually our team that creates the systems and it's not me. Yeah. So that's, if, that's
0: all. That's the ultimate right there is the team creates the systems, not you. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about delegation and cause I think repeatable systems and delegation go hand in hand, Yeah. but if you have systems without proper delegation and without, uh, really understanding how to hire right, it, it, again, you're not going to see the exponential growth uh, potential coming to fruition. So, how do you see the delegation and systems working together?
1: I think the very first piece is exactly what I mentioned that that getting your or delegating the that systems at the beginning. I think the other piece that I want to frame this with is that a lot of people don't delegate because they say these words, it's faster to do it myself. And it is the (laughs) biggest trap of an entrepreneur to say that because whilst it is the first time, we've got to remember that we want to repeat things. So I I see it almost like if you're going to continue to do it yourself because it's faster you're going to be doing it for yourself forever so it's like running a never-ending marathon rather than working really hard and doing this full sprint where it's really really hard you're really really puffed you've worked really hard but you've you've delegated that system so it's actually taken you a little bit longer however at the end of that sprint you can now rest and hand that off, so you never have to do it again. So it's kind of like you have to you have to invest your time the first time, so that you can get your your time back after that.
0: Mm, well said. I think there's another piece too, and that is, um, and we've done a few few episodes just on delegation. So you might want to scroll back in uh, the next level influence shows to see uh, some of these episodes, but get like having people you can trust to let go to is really important part of delegation working. And delegating to people who do what you tell them to do is different than delegating people who are taking the lead and figuring out what needs to get done.
1: Mm-hmm. that is and I think that's vastly different people. I love that you've mentioned that, yes,
0: yeah. so I call it delegating for ownership versus delegating for task uh completion. Mm-hmm.
1: People who need you to
0: tell them what to do. Yeah. You're never going to grow exponentially if you're always having to tell everybody what to do because you're still the bottleneck in that Mm. scenario. So Mm. did you want to add something to that, Sam?
1: No, I think just that you need to start thinking of yourself as the visionary or the CEO. There has to be a distinct stop of I'm the business owner doing the do and you have to step out of that position. You need to fire yourself from that position <laughs> and employ yourself as the, the visionary or the CEO of your company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's another trap I think that emerges there. So we'll just start talking about the traps <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, and and I, you alluded to like people saying, I can do it faster. I think there's another, I can do it cheaper. Oh, yes. And you know, I, I've been guilty. Like I think we all have where we get in those moments where it's like, can I afford to hand this off? One of the big thinking shifts that I think propels you into those seven figures and beyond moments is can I, I can't afford not to delegate it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I would love to add a little piece in here that just seriously just dropped in. And I think it's, again, going back to that mindset set shift that I was just talking about. And when you are hiring someone, you, you know, we talk about we can't afford not to. And I'm sure that people hear this and think, oh, it's okay for Melanie. It's okay for Sam. They're in a different time of their business, but it's different for me. This is where you have to back yourself and say, all right, maybe I can't afford it now. How many new clients do I need to get? You really need to back yourself and you need to go from the scarcity mindset of I can't afford it to, okay, I have to be able to afford it, but what do I need to be able to do to afford it? And it's that last little leap that people forget.
0: Yep. Love that. And and just so anybody who's thinking, oh, Melanie's at a different stage of her business. Yes, I am now, but I started doing this uh, a year and a half into my business and I wish I would have done it sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It so does as take- soon as
1: I... I was going to say, Go it ahead. does take a big mindset shift, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. and
0: and I just kept thinking where do I want to be a year from now how do I invest today in the business I want a year from now and that was my mindset shift that really helped so Mm. Sam is there any traps we haven't covered yet that you want to wrap us up with here in terms of what gets in the way of that leaping into that seven-figure business that's easier than the six-figure business
1: Mm. I think it's Again, what we're talking about, it's not fully handing things off so that you're able to step away, which means that um, you you're not um, you're not building your team, you're not fully stepping into that leadership role, because until you can fully hand things off, you can't do what needs to be done in your business, which then enables that momentum for you to be able to bring more team members in, and that's what it's about. It's about that momentum of you know, once you've got that next person, who else do we need to come in?
0: Yeah. And I will just uh, add this, and we can wrap up here because I know we could probably go on and on around this, but I, I I'm always I always come back to the mindset. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people tell me like, oh, I don't need a seven figure business. And there's this internal conflict about what you believe in, you're like projecting out into the future will be worse. If you make that leap versus the reality that things are really easier when you're tapping into that momentum. So, really challenge yourself and say, is that my projection of what I don't want to have happen? Or is that my truth that I don't, it's like, that's just not the business I want. Like, Mm. I would guess there's a projection that has fear of what you might lose in a seven figure business. And if you really follow this process we're outlining, that fear could go away and be replaced with something much more impactful and much more profitable
1: than you have right now. Totally. So Melanie, what resource do you have to share that would add value and take this conversation to the next level?
0: So I think, again, going back to the foundations of a scalable offering like really understanding what your offering is. I like to look at high-ticket offers and leveraged offerings that uh, make the whole like business work well. So if you go to amplifywithmelanie.com, you will find what I call my seven-step framework. One of the frameworks is having the offering that's easy to sell. It's like sells like hotcakes. And then that wraps into the other six factors that really help amplify and exponentially grow the impact of your business. So that's mine. What about you,
1: Sam? Um, I have a resource called the Million Dollar Plan, and it's around the nine key areas that you need to focus on in your business. We talked about three of them today being the foundations, but I've actually identified nine uh, nine foundational principles that you need to work on to be able to take you from that six figures to seven figures. And you can get that at global forward slash plan. Great. Thank you. This is so good. So if you're loving these tips today and you know,
0: it's time to take your influence to the next level and your business. I want to make sure we stay connected. Make sure you follow both myself and Sam here on this platform. Uh, We're dropping these episodes every other week now, and we don't want you to miss out. And tag a friend who you think might benefit from your topic today. Tell us where your aha was or where you got a great insight. We'd love to know. And if there's something you want us to cover, be sure to tell us as well. So thanks, Sam. I loved our conversation today. Thanks, Melanie.
1: Always a pleasure.